0: I didn't doubt the the basics of the faith, but I certainly questioned why, why does this have to be everything? You know, why can't you just kind of believe these things as kind of fact and then just live like everybody else? And I suppose over a, a course of two or three years, I really started to understand that if this was true, then it had to be everything. What was the point of anything else? There's an, etern- there's an eternal perspective in this.
1: The Profile, with Premier Christianity Magazine. Hello, you're listening to Premier Christian Radio. I'm Sam House, editor of Premier Christianity Magazine, that is the UK's leading Christian magazine. We publish in print every single month and online every day with loads of great Christian analysis and commentary for you on the biggest issues affecting you and our world today. If you want to join our community of subscribers, we have a special offer available right now at premierchristianity.com forward slash subscribe. You've joined us here on Premier Christian Radio for The Profile. This is the show where we sit down with a different Christian every single week and hear something of their story. And I'm delighted to say that this week's guest is the MP Miriam Cates. Miriam Cates is a Conservative MP from Yorkshire. She was elected to Parliament in 2019 and she's well known for her socially Conservative views. In this interview with Heather Tomlinson, Miriam is going to talk a bit about her Christian faith and her politics. This interview was recorded at ARC. ARC stands for the Alliance for Responsible Citizenship. ARC held its inaugural conference last autumn and was in the press at the time because one of the most well-known people at that event was the popular psychologist Jordan Peterson. And Heather Thomason attended that event and wrote a review of it for premierchristianity.com. do check that out and while she was there she did a number of interviews one of them was with pastor agu which we've already aired right here on the profile but today's interview is with miriam cates mp and we really hope you enjoy it so without any further ado this is heather tomlinson in conversation with miriam cates
2: so miriam thank you so much um for um, giving your time okay. for premier Um, listeners and readers. So we're sitting at the conference of the Alliance for Responsible Citizenship, where there are many world leaders, business leaders, and also Christian leaders sitting side by side. Do you think this is the start of something new about Christian engagement in politics?
0: Yeah, I hope so. I mean, the conference isn't explicitly Christian or faith based. There are a lot of people there who do have a faith background, but it's much more about bringing together people from across Western society to consider what's gone wrong in Western society and how we can rebuild. And of course, part of that is looking at uh, the judeo Christian traditions because that you know those principles are what the West was built on, but it isn 't deliberately for Christians or by Christians, but obviously a lot of people in that space do happen to have faith but though know, we 've heard from from jewish leaders we 've heard from people with no faith at all, so it is it is a broad spectrum, but it 's a brilliant conversation to be able to have because I think too often we don 't talk about faith of any sort in the public sphere, and of course you know we 're missing a trick. It feels like there
2: 's a bit of a hunger out there for if not necessarily Christian faith, but at least Christian values, a more Judeo-Christian worldview—is that what you're you're feeling as well in, in in this
0: conference and outside? I think there's certainly a quest for meaning, and one of the speakers this morning talked about the meaning crisis. So we have more stuff than we've ever had before, especially in the West. Um, of course, there is inequality and poverty, but if you look in the round, uh, we have so much, don't we, um, compared to even you know two or three generations ago? And yet, people are more despairing. We have more mental health problems. You know, suicide is now the number one killer of of men under 50. I mean, we've got all this stuff, but we have no meaning. We have no purpose. We're not happy. Um, and so, you know, if we're going to retrace our steps and look at what went wrong and why, then part of that is to look at these fundamental values of you know why. Why did the rest, why did we become free? Why were we prosperous? Why were we happy? And what was that built on? And to, to try and rebuild. Yeah, sure.
2: And so do you, I mean, do you feel, um, you are a practicing Christian, you have a faith yourself. I mean, do you feel um, that, that can, we can instill Christian values or go back to a more Christian worldview in society without actually having the fundamental faith in Christ? Do you think that's possible?
0: Um, Well, I think we've got to separate the two things here. So yes, I'm a practicing Christian, I'm a believer, I hope, you know, in my personal life to, you know, be true to that faith. But I'm also a politician. And just like any other politician, I'm guided absolutely by my worldview. But I think my role as a politician is to use my position, use the influence I have, use the influence I have as a lawmaker to try and put forward policies that make that allow people to become more happy more safe more free and that means collaborating with people from all faiths and none and and trying to reorder society reorganize society around human flourishing now that absolutely means that we need freedom of worship freedom of association all those things that are really really important to people of all faiths and none but i think the job of uh, the sec the job of a secular government building society is a very different thing to the job of an individual christian christian communities and the church whose role it is to grow the church now those things can can and should work alongside each other in a free democracy but I think you know my role as a politician is much more about uh, putting forward policies that help human flourishing whether that's with Christians or not. Absolutely
2: and for some Christians I know who have more socially conservative views um, you have become a bit of a hero I have to say (laughs) because they're so used to not hearing maybe some of the stances that you're taking in the public square um, and so on one hand, you've got people who, who may be treating you a bit like a hero. On the other hand, we have people who are demonising anyone with a socially conservative um, stance. I mean, how do you cope with that kind of feeling of, of being in that crossfire of uh, maybe one side slightly idolising and on the other side, not not being in nice? Um,
0: well, it is a bit weird. I mean, I've got to be honest, it is quite, you know, I've only been involved in politics for four, four or five years. So it is, you know, some of that is a bit strange and of course, much of the discussion takes place online between a relatively small group of people who have very uh, entrenched positions on either side. And you know that I'm not a massive fan of Twitter, but you know it, it is what it is. Um, but I think I think the problem. And actually, Jordan Peterson said this in one of his um, interviews a while ago. You know. It's time to make the obvious obvious again. Some of the things that were once obvious to everybody in society, because we had a much more homogenous view for all sorts of reasons. You know, obviously, shared religious observance was one of those. You know, it was obvious to people that strong families were the foundation of, of society. It was obvious to people that marriage was essentially a good thing. Um, and those things are still true. It's just they're not obvious because we've, we've come so far away from uh, the idea that there are those boundaries that, that families are built on, that society is built on. And one of the things I said in my speech was that after the World Wars, which absolutely shocked the West, you know, the discovery of... That kind of tyranny that actually that kind of tyranny could happen under western values was shocking people were traumatized and it quite understandably gave way to a hedonism in the 60s but also this idea that we should get rid of all forms of oppression of course we should get rid of all forms of oppression but boundaries are not oppression boundaries good boundaries that are based on knowledge of human nature, uh, the material reality of the world, are what keep us happy, safe and free. You know, the boundaries of the difference between children and adults, the boundaries of the difference between men and women, the boundaries of marriage, the boundaries of the law, the boundaries of making sure we punish crime. Those are good boundaries that keep us happy, safe and free. But because we've... Campaign now so hard to end anything that might stop individual autonomy. We've mistaken those good boundaries for tyranny, and we're suffering the consequences. But you know, you can call that socially conservative if you like, or you can you can call it an observation of human nature and reality over the you know the the entire time of human existence. And you know, we've been living, we've been pretending those boundaries don't exist for what 50 years but for the previous 100,000, they definitely did. So uh, I think we just need to talk about it again.
2: Mm-hmm. So you have been on a fascinating um, career journey. You started, you did a, a degree in, in genetics, mm-hmm. um, you went into teaching, you were teaching in a normal yes, secondary school. Um, yep, secondary school, Yeah. Um, then you had a, a, a spell as an entrepreneur,
0: I think. Well, uh, that's probably what w- Wikipedia said, I did the books for my husband's <laughs> business, yeah. <Okay. laughs> Um, and now
2: uh, going into politics. So, what has sort of driven those decisions? What's, and ultimately, what's
0: led you to go into politics? Um, well, I think, like anyone, I haven't really thought more than one step forward at a time. And, you know, especially when, uh, when you have kids, I had three children, um, you know, that, that dominates your life. It's a full time job, looking after kids, and, um, you know, I've worked a bit as well. Um, and so really most of what I was thinking about was you know helping them through the day you know doing all the the parenting kind of things Um, but then when I when my youngest was getting ready to go back to to start school I did start to think through you know what what's next and I was involved in a very minor way in very very local politics as a parish councillor and I just thought you know maybe I'll you know see if there's more to this and you know, so it's a very long story um, i explored it i got opportunity to stand in local elections felt that was the right thing to do um even though you know i'd not been a member of a party before or anything like that and then i went along to a conservative party conference in um october 2018 and it's for your listeners it's a bit like new wine but with more wine is what <laughs> i would uh, say um and um and i met some brilliant people who encouraged me to to stand for election and three weeks later I was parliamentary candidate so you know looking back it's you know it's a, as you can say it's an interesting journey but at the time you like anybody it's only about taking the the next step isn't it and trying to discern uh what God's saying and what the next thing to do and then you look back and you think oh there was a there was meaning in that journey but it doesn't feel like that at the time does it so how about your faith journey
2: can you tell me um have you do you believe you've always had always had a faith or was there a key moment when you um feel like you uh, you found god mm. how what's that um, like
0: well I suppose number, i was brought up in a Christian family so I never you know, I suppose I always had an intellectual faith in the sense that I didn't doubt uh, the truth of the faith and the existence of God um and you know that kind of sustained me I suppose until university but then I I really, I suppose at university I really questioned, I didn't question the existence of it, or they didn't, I didn't doubt the, the basics of the faith, but I certainly questioned why, why does this have to be everything? You know, why, you know, why can't you just kind of believe these things as kind of fact and then just live like everybody else? And I suppose over a, a course of two or three years, I really started to understand that if this was true, then it had to be everything. What was the point of anything else? And actually, it was quite, I read a very, very dry, boring book about genetics or something. Um, is there so something like is there a is there a, is there a contradiction between faith and science or something like that? Which I don't absolutely don't believe there is. I think they they say the same thing. Um, and God really spoke to me through it in the sense that if if this is true, then it has to be everything. You know, this is an there's an eternal perspective in this. Um, and that, but then I suppose you know the faith is a journey of maturing and and i look back at you know 20 years ago since i was 21 um and i don't think i don't think becoming christian is about one moment i think it is about a lifetime of just trying to become more mature trying to um grow in the disciplines and and i think again having children was really good for me because it teaches you to let go of some of the things that you are holding onto for yourself. Uh, it Certainly uh, you lose autonomy, you lose that kind of um, control over your life when you have very small children, you're at their beck and call. I talked about potty training in my speech on Monday where you just have to follow the child around. Um, and so I think I suppose things like that. And then coming to politics has been really you know, really helpful in letting go of other things because you have to stop caring what people think about you. You have to take a lot of risks. Um, and I think all those are quite are quite helpful things. And we've talked at the conference a lot actually about what, what freedom really is. And I think sometimes now our culture tells us that it's the freedom to do whatever you want, whenever you want. But actually the traditional Christian and faith-based understanding of freedom is having control over your own desires, ambitions, Needs and thoughts, so that you are free to do what is necessary and right, and not just what you feel like at the time. And, and I think you know that that is the kind of freedom that a, a, a slow but long um, faith journey brings you on. Absolutely. So,
2: do you agree with Tim Farron that it's now impossible for an evangelical Christian to um, to progress in politics? To you know, to get sort of probably is in the Lib Dems, to be fair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, not to be too partisan. Um, No, I don't think so. Look at Kate Forbes. I mean, she was grilled. She gave honest answers. She didn't try to hide her beliefs and her faiths. Um, She was absolutely torn apart in the media. And yet, in one of the most progressive left-wing parties in this country, she got 48% of the vote. Which I think tells you two things. First of all, being honest about your faith is actually popular People might not agree, they might vehemently disagree, but they respect your honesty i think young people call it based or something they want people who are you know this is what my kids tell me anyway uh, who you know who are just stand are honest about what they think and try to don't, don't try to be um what they're not but i think it also shows that whilst our media class might be obsessed with people who have faith and whether that means that there's a nefarious influence going on most people are not that bothered they look at a politician and think do you have you got good ideas are you telling the truth do you really mean what you say yeah, I like I like the cut of your jib, I'll vote for you. And I bet a lot of those 48% of the SNP were not actually that bothered about which church Kate Forbes wanted. They just thought she was competent and intelligent and make a good leader. So if that can happen in a very, you know, what you would say is a very secular party, looking at it from the outside, then it proves that there's no, uh, you know, there really isn't a, there, there might be some prejudice, but I don't think there's a barrier to being honest about your faith. I think actually most of the barrier is internal which is that we as Christians, and I'm sure people of other faiths, get very worried about how our views will be perceived and what people will think about us. And that probably is a question of, do we have the courage to just, obviously we need to be articulate and good at explaining our faith, and that is the duty on us. But, But I think a lot of it is just about courage.
2: Um, so do you consider yourself a feminist and how either way how do you balance the kind of many demands um, on your time, work, family,
0: um, church? Um, well no, I mean what's, what is a feminist? I mean I love um, Mary Harrington says she's a reactionary feminist, you know I've heard people say they're biological feminists, I've heard people say they're material, material reality feminists, I mean you know how many types of feminists are there? I believe that women and men are equal but I believe we're very different and I think one of the speakers yesterday said when one sex wins, both sexes lose and I think we've had so much conflict and antagonism between the sexes in the last 50 years and there you know, there have been definitely some progress in the good sense of it made in terms of um, you know, many more equal opportunities for women, much more acceptance of women in leadership. Those are really, really good things. But fundamentally, men and women are not only biologically different; we're psychologically different. You know, these things are beyond question from a scientific point of view. And as we heard in some very good speeches yesterday, the way men and women parent is very different. You know, that what a mother gives a child is very different, but equal to what a father gives a child. And I think um, I don't know if that makes me a feminist or not, but um, a reality feminist, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and how do I balance it? I mean, it is, it is really tough. I mean, I was so fortunate in the, when my kids were small that I was able to work part-time and for a couple of years, not at all. Um, And that was, you know, I I feel very privileged to be able to do that. I wouldn't have changed it for the world. It was and I think motherhood gets such a bad name in our culture and it is hard, but it is unbelievably fulfilling. It is the most fulfilling thing you will ever do. And that is something that our culture doesn't doesn't tell the story of and puts people off, sadly. But um, no, it is tough. But uh, you know my husband's amazing he looks after them, my parents are amazing you know we try and make use of all the favours we can we can find and they are older now and they're more independent but uh, but uh, yeah it is pretty frantic <laughs>
2: um, So I know um, you have lots to do, thank you so much for giving your time but final question, can you tell our readers and our listeners um, something amazing that God has done in your life
0: Oh Well I think I'm just thinking off the top of my head so I'll probably walk out this studio and think oh I should have said that but (laughs) actually talking about the political journey I think one of the when you talk to a lot of people who are in politics it it is a a horrible journey of 10 or 15 years of uh, delivering leaflets knocking on doors in pouring rain you know those kind of things applying for seats and then not being accepted and then standing in elections and losing and I just feel you know, I felt so i'm so grateful that actually once i felt like this was the right thing to do and that that's what god was calling me to it took very little time and um you know i can't claim any credit for actually becoming a candidate because it was you know it was uh, i was in the right place at the right time and so i'm very grateful for that and i think i look back and think yeah that was uh, that was great <laughs> miriam thank you so much for spending your time thanks
2: heather
1: that was heather tomlinson speaking to the conservative MP Miriam Cates. I do hope you enjoyed that conversation. It's also in the latest issue of Premier Christianity magazine, available right now online and in print. So do check out that interview. PremierChristianity.com is the place to go to read it and also to take out a subscription and enjoy first-class Christian reporting, commentary and analysis every single month direct through your door at a special reduced offer, check out the subscription offers right now at premierchristianity.com. You've been listening to The Profile in association with Premier Christianity magazine.